Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for a new episode of Gestalten. My name is Eric Galina, and I'm joined by my colleague, Martin Groschwald. Hello, Eric. What's up? And guten Tag. Guten Tag, Martin. Guten Tag. How is everything for you? Everything is all right. We are here. Like, you know, the first month of the year is already over. January went by very, crazy. very quick. Crazy, crazy. And we're sitting here in this kind of interesting month, somewhere in between the CES and the Geneva Motor Show. And there's some smaller motor shows happening in between, but everything is currently building up to Geneva. So I think, you know, we have quite a few things to talk about, but March March and April is probably going to be the biggest one, yeah. um, you know, for us as a whole. But what I wanted to say is, speaking of April... We don't even know if we will be going to the Beijing Motor Show this year because of the coronavirus. Oh, no. I have heard uh, rumors that it might not go ahead. So, really? you know, if that is the case, then we will only have one big show in China this year apart from two. Mm. And so obviously there's going to be much more side on Geneva, I think, than ever before with this uh, you know, potential cancellation of Beijing. By the way, this has not been confirmed. This is just based on some rumors and you mm. know, people talking from what I've heard. So that's pretty that's serious be stuff because if there's one place that motor shows still reign supreme, it's uh, over there in, in China, in places like, uh, like India as well, uh, which is currently holding their um, main motor show right now, the uh, the Indian Auto Expo, India's Auto Expo. And um, yeah, that's, that's some crazy news. I mean, I know there's been a lot of things that the coronavirus has affected. Um, certainly, you know, in terms of people walking around, it's like a ghost town over there um, in a lot of in a lot of those towns, not just in Wuhan, but in other places where people are on lockdown within their homes and food shortages and all the rest. And people are already calling a doomsday on the automotive uh, industry because there's no sales. There's uh, people are just staying at home. So yeah, it's, uh, it's looking, it's looking pretty bad over there now, uh, you know, whether or not they're overreacting to, uh, you know, something is, uh, yeah, that's uh, for another, another topic, but nonetheless, um, it's, uh, it's been some interesting times. Indeed. So apart from that, we've started really well into the 2020s. Yeah. We have started a new project uh, called Pathfinder. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But right. that took a lot of time over the past year and obviously going into 2020, quite a bit of time as well. Mm. But I would say, let's actually start with India Auto Expo. Yes. Well, Something you know, we've never really covered. I think this was the first time yes. well, that we, we, we decided to actually talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really been... I mean, because... It's it's really interesting. I mean, first of all, I want to say I really did miss not going to Detroit this year because I always love to start the show off that way. And I think I mentioned that in the last podcast we did. But um, because of that, it's it's really shifted focus into what have been really little kind of one-off unveils uh, up until now, just like um, the Seat Leon, for example, being launched at its own private event. Um, little things trickling out like... Um, you know, the Alpine um, uh, concept car, the Sport Sex, which is a crazy ass name. <laughs> well, the, well. French, the French love it, though. Sport Sex. Uh, but uh, no. So, yes, I don't think we have covered the India uh, Auto Expo before, but it's, you know, certainly worthy of um, 
coverage, um, mainly because, as I said before, you know, in, in places like China and India, um, the auto show still reigns supreme. I'm not sure if uh, I almost went to, to um, the auto expo actually back in um, 2012, I think it was. I had, um, I had a visa and everything, and in the end, I, I, I did not go. But um, it's it's a very interesting market over there, and mainly because I think we're seeing a lot of market-specific vehicles. And uh, things like, you know, um, the companies rather like, like Tata, which are huge, um, you know, Maruti, Suzuki as well. I mean, it's a big market and it's growing in importance as more Indians become mobile and start looking into buying uh, vehicles, getting off mopeds. But, you know, that is another thing that's very interesting about the, uh, the uh, motor shows in the Far East. Um, it's that, well, Shanghai, perhaps to a lesser extent, but in India, a lot of the guys, um, you know, they get along, they get on, they get mobile by first getting on two wheels, which yeah. is the case in China as well. But so the India Auto Expo is not just cars, it's not mm. just four wheel. Um, just as Shanghai, they have a lot of uh, bikes on show there as well. So that's that's quite interesting. But um, I think, you know, for us, we tend to focus on the automobile um, industry, greater mobility, of course, in, as well. But, um, you know, let's let's kick off with some of the things that were unveiled in um, in the uh, for the press days, because the show doesn't actually open yeah. until the, this Friday. Um, the Tata Sierra EV concept, I think, was pretty much the headline for me. Um, because it was built in, in the UK, it was designed in the UK, and because it effectively is a future look at uh, one of the mainstays for the Tata brand in the Indian market, which is the Sierra. It's been along, it's been built, being built, I should say, since 91, which by Indian market standards, just like China, right? Mm. That is a long time. <laughs> like, you know, in the Western world, um, you know, whatever, 30 years isn't that big of a deal, right? But over there, that's that's a long time to be you know building a car have a, a nameplate in production so um, yeah it's I, I think it's it's really very interesting but it does do um, certainly plays on a, a whole lot of trends that are happening right now um, in terms of car design oh yeah and I think if you look at it and we've we have to say obviously we haven't been to India and like, you know we haven't been to the show so we can only judge it again from from the pictures but. What for me is evident over here is the influence, or not maybe the influence, but the cooperation between Tata and JLR. And especially on the Sierra, we'll talk about the HBX concept a little bit later, but if you look at the Sierra, it pretty much looks like a, and I don't mean this in a negative way, the cheap version of the Defender. Mm. Yeah? It's, you, it might be based on the same platform. It's it cl clearly very similar in terms of styling, in terms of this kind of producty approach, uh, looking back into when the Defender was launched in Frankfurt, we were all over it, and you know we were com comparing it all the way with the Honda E and going into kind of a new direction of car design, which is very producty based and very simple, you know, uh, simple shapes, pretty much not too complicated. And the Sierra is pretty much like that. So I had very much a feeling when I first saw it that. This was probably the closest, and this is the the highest level of collaboration that Tata and JLR have done so far. So, obviously, for everybody who don't know, Tata is the parent company of JLR, so Jaguar and Land Rover, and 
there was always the talk like you know how much will Tata take from this kind of collaboration and for me the Sierra is the first um the first car SUV whatever you want to call it that comes out of this collaboration which clearly indicates like this was this was done in a very very similar times very similar uh you know platform of course as well so i think it actually looks very very good i mean if they manage to bring something like that closer into production i think it will be a hit if they can keep it into that kind of you know price range that is important as india and i think you know what you've mentioned earlier with india and china is very right the biggest difference is that china is becoming a more and more you know upper salary market so higher salaries are being paid out the people have more money whereas in india um the cars are still on a on a very cheap end of the of of the line so if they can make something like that work i think it could be a massive hit because it is extremely modern i don't think the roof like you know the uh the the full roof with all the glass would would make it into production but if it if it stays similar to that man i'm i'm all for it and this is this is a really good piece of design no matter where it comes from and tata have sometimes the problem of being indian is is hold against them especially in terms of design but this one you know if 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 land rover would come out of this you know come out with something like this as a mini defender or something like that or a super entry level car nobody would be angry with it so that's that's a good one yeah um i mean i i just did a little look around here and it seems like it's based on the tata ultras concept which was um if you remember back a few years ago they had this um gold covered or colored rather mm-hmm. show car in geneva um i can't remember the name of that but that eventually became the ultras and that is basically what this new um tata uh, sierra is based on so it's a little over four meters in um in overall length um little under two meters in in width and um about 1700 millimeters uh, i keep saying millimeters but i mean millimeters of course um at uh it comes in at just under 1700 millimeters in overall height so this is pretty compact for uh, an suv i mean you know four meters in length we're talking like uh you know volkswagen um t-rock size right um so that is I think a good size for the Indian market, but I think, as you mentioned before, the the design is really something that is, uh, you know, they're showcasing it quite well um, in this vehicle because, you know, the exterior does pay homage to the uh, original, uh, you know, Tata Sierra from the 90s, but it's very modern. It's very kind of clean. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's definitely very appealing. I mean, you know, lighting wise as well, it's got some brilliant detailing on the exterior design. But then when you move over into the interior, um, and this is what I was talking about earlier in terms of being inspired by trends, um, the rear of that vehicle is quite interesting because it's a complete kind of L-shaped lounge seat, Mm. um, which is quite nice. I mean, it's a concept after all, right? But um, it it could actually reference... uh, Land Rover, because back in the day they used to have these flip down seats that would be on the sides of the of the vehicle, um, and that was really quite cool. But this is more of a modern, luxurious take on that. But then in the front, the the seats swivel around. Now, what I really like as well is 
besides this kind of social space that they've created. Um, and again, it's just a concept, but I like that because that's kind of what vehicles are moving into becoming. I mean, we've made references to this in the past where um, Japanese customers, for example, will use a uh, car rental app service uh, and sit down and, and take a nap or, you know, catch up on emails or whatever um, in between meetings and not actually put any type of miles on the vehicle, not drive the car at all. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really interesting, the concept of this third space, if you will, quote unquote. And um, I think they've done it quite well in terms of material use as well. It's very modern. It's very fresh. It's got some wood. But I think where it's uh, obviously referencing um, certain previous vehicles is it's hard to look in the interior of that vehicle, particularly on the IP and in the rear, um, with the grass sections. Now, uh, it's probably fake, but nonetheless, and not see... Um, the little Volkswagen that was shown in Shanghai. <laughs> That's, you know, because they brought, and it wasn't the first car to bring plants into the space, but it is uh, kind of a way to create this Zen-like atmosphere uh, within the interior of the car. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of this uh, of this Tata Sierra concept. It's an EV, of course, which is playing further on the um, electrification trend that we're seeing all over the world, not just in uh, in developed nations, but clearly in in uh, in China, it's huge. In, uh, in India as well, you know, they're moving into these types of uh, of of powertrain systems. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of this uh, of this Tata, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a very strong showing from mm. uh, from our friends in uh, in the UK design studio um, to come out with something like this. Now. If we stick to Tata, because they've shown a second uh, concept car mm -hmm. in India, it's called the HBX Micro SUV Concepts. Mm -hmm. You you as big of a fan of this one as you are of the uh, Sierra, or nah, I, I wouldn't say so. But I mean, it it does kind of reference the H2X, doesn't it? The one that was shown in Geneva last year, if I'm not mistaken. It may have been the year before, but I think it was last year. Anyway. That car had um, some really intense colorways. It was quite an exercise in design. I really did appreciate that car in concept form. Um, it, again, you know, it's really difficult to judge a vehicle when you don't see it in front of you. And that's, I think, my biggest issue with, um, you know, having to uh, to talk about that car without actually seeing it. You know, you kind of, it's a one dimension type thing where vehicles, of course, are always appreciated best when they're moving. Um, or even, you know, in terms of uh, seeing them in, in, in 3D on a show stand or whatever, right? So to me, um, I, I'm probably not the biggest fan of that, uh, but uh, or as big of a fan, I should say, because I really do like the Sierra more. Um, but it, it is, I mean, an interesting proposition nonetheless from, from Tata. I mean, what's your take on it? It's, you know, I think when, when I mentioned earlier, like, you know, there was always this little issue with a lot of people of cars from India and stuff like that. I think if this is still a concept, which is still dubbed as, um, uh, but it, it looks very close to a production ready car. Like, I don't think a lot of things need to happen and stuff like that. This is obviously quite modern in terms of what it is, but... If this is, you know, it could be anything. I mean, it could be like a Nissan, it could be, you know, a Toyota, it could be a Honda, whatever, especially looking into the Japanese cars. 
I'm missing a little bit this kind of, you know, why does it make it a Tata car, like an Indian car in that sense? That's that's something that I wasn't 100% sure of, especially from the front. Um, and there's a little bit of a theme to it later if we speak, to, uh, if we speak about the uh, Suzuki Maruti one later on as well. Mm. But um, if I look into the concept with the Sierra, this tries to be more like a global car, you know, try to please more and more people. Whereas the, uh, the, the HBX probably is not going to get outside of, you know, India and into the main markets and stuff like that. So I think it could be a little bit more Indian. Obviously the colorways are very important. You mentioned this already, but, um, you know, do I need to have that kind of off-roader style? Do you know, do I need, do you need to have it that cool? Uh, or like if it wants to be that cool in that sense, um, I don't know. Like, you know, I think it's this typical kind of thing. It's solid, but it's also something like, you know, we will discuss it and like two days later we've completely forgotten about it. Whereas I think the Sierra will stick to our minds in a little bit more longer term fashion. Um so it's that's that's the way I I see it, you know. Well made, you know, all all good, but nothing that we will remember in two, three years' time probably, mm. in that sense. I, I see I see what you what you mean, like I I mean, you know, I think it's an interesting little vehicle. I mean, but again, it is harnessing a lot of the trends that are happening within, you know, the automotive industry right now, the automotive design industry, where, you know, it's got a two-tone colorways and matte paint and all the rest. But it is a closer version to a production version of the H2X. And I did actually like that car when I saw it. And I mean, you know, do they need to be all butch and like you know, off-road looking, I don't know, maybe, yeah, you know, India's roads aren't the best, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, you got a lot of cow running around and stuff, maybe you should put some bull bars in the front of this thing, I don't know, but it's um, I, it's a concept, right? It's again, an, like you said, a, a closer to production version of the uh, of the H2X perhaps, but this HBX, I mean, it's they're calling it a micro concept, um, a micro SUV rather, and, you know, I think compact cars because of the congestion issues and all the rest maybe they have you know parking issues as well i don't know but um you know uh, something that measures in smaller than you know 4000 uh, millimeters in length is uh is quite good um to to have you know especially if you can still fit five people in it so but as you mentioned before you know the, the smaller vehicles, especially because this is also based on the Alpha platform, um, because the Alpha platform is modular, so they're able to accommodate different size of vehicles upon it. Now, um, that brings down the cost, and the Indian market in particular is quite, you know, it just has a Chinese market, quite cost sensitive. So if you can do something based on that same platform and give it a different appeal, I think it's a totally different demographic, as you've mentioned, and then the... Uh, then the Sierra, um, you know, they're talking about uh, this being, you know, having um, natural, you know, ice engines as well. You know, there's no talk about this being EV or anything. So, um, you know, maybe there will be uh, an all electric mm. version coming, probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is very much more near term for Tata, it seems. Yeah. Um, whereas I like their kind of future vision exploration for the Sierra. Um, the HBX, as it were, is more um, what's imminent, and yeah, I mean, I like it. I'm not a, I'm not as big a fan, I should say, like I did, um, <laughs> but you know, it's not, uh, it's not a bad looking thing, you know. And uh, I, I'd be really interested in, in 
taking a closer look around and sitting inside one and all of that. Cool. All right. Now, moving on, <laughs> I want to talk about something, uh, again, shown in, uh, in India. Hmm. And I thought this was a Nissan. <laughs> okay. It looks, I, when I first saw it, it looked like the IMS concept we saw in Detroit in, uh, in 2019, which oh, is right. the uh, Maruti Suzuki Futuro E concept. Right. What a name. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm a little bit shocked. Like nothing really f- makes sense on that thing when I look at it. Um, it seems like everything, you know, was there already. The rear is a little bit like Infinity. Um, you know, the front looks like the, uh, as mentioned, like the Nissan. It's a little bit higher than the Nissan. It's more like, you know, compact SUV style. And it's just absolutely nonsense i have to say <laughs> this, this, all right you know well, tell is, us how you really feel martin <laughs> all right like, you know you know obviously you guys know me i have an opinion about things and stuff like that but this is something that look at the front and obviously like you know car design is getting similar and similar by the day pretty much and like different brands but this is nothing at all that i would say is unique in any kind of way i mean you know this is like Suzuki going out, hey, let's do something cool. Nissan has done something cool in Japan. Let's copy it. Let's put it on a platform that we might have lingering, lingering around a little bit uh, in our, in our you know, caves or whatever we have. And then, you know, put a show car on it. I mean, no, thank you. Like, you know, the, the <laughs> interior um, is, is the best example for that. The screens all over, like, you know, nobody has really an idea what to do with the screens. The sketches are like, you know, what they what we can see in all the car as pictures are not really great. Mm. I don't know. Like, you know, this is something where I would literally say, hey, uh, if I want to see the good the good version of it, like, you know, the, the original, I go and probably go to Nissan and have a look at that one. If I want to see a cheap copy of it, then I, okay, yeah. Mm. That's pretty much it. I would have expected, and this sounds really bad, I would have expected something like this being shown in China, not in India. Well, I mean, this is, again, you know, another kind of, specially designed car for the Indian market, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, Maruti Suzuki is just in the name itself, more of a, of an Indian uh, vehicle from that, you know, it's targeting that market is what I mean. Um, You know, it's created specifically for that market. And so um, I don't know. I mean, we're seeing these SUVs, coupe SUVs, because that's what this is. Um, there's a proliferation of them from all sorts of different brands. So, you know, obviously if you take a look at this vehicle, it's playing on those exact same themes that we've seen in the past from other Suzuki products as well, like concepts in particular, because they haven't really ever brought them into production. So this is another, you know, Futuro E concept thing. Of course, it's an SUV because it's, you know, India and because it's, um, that's the future of, uh, automotive design or so people are saying and, and we're seeing reflected in the in the numbers of which people are buying these things and of course it's a coupe because hey mercedes has one bmw has one you know hey why not right um bring it in at a lower price point and throw an electric powertrain in it now there's a lot of things that i don't like which are very trendy again it's like why do people copy things even when they are not good um, and so, you know, of course, the full width headlamp, right? 
um, the the tail lamps as well. You know, corner to corner, you've got lighting. Um, that's fine. Okay. What I really dislike, however, is if this thing is to have any any semblance of an SUV, therefore, quote unquote, you know, off road. Mm-hmm. Um, why in the hell would you have wheel arches in piano black? And they're not the first ones to do this. We saw it first on, um, I want to say it was the Q2 from Audi. And back then I was baffled. Um, you know, it's like these parts are probably the ones that are going to get the most, um, you know, wear in terms of being near the wheel, in terms of having chips from rocks in terms of, and these guys are putting some piano black applique on it. It's like, Okay, yeah, this one perhaps it can be forgiven because it's a concept, probably would never come out that way. But the other thing that is annoying to me is that there is no interior on this vehicle. It's like blacked out, right? There, I mean, maybe they did some sketches, maybe they did some cool stuff, but in the end, maybe they missed the deadline and they did not showcase the interior of this vehicle on the show. Um, so, you know, whether it exists, it could be. I mean, it's just, you know, some black glass. I'm willing to bet... If we were to take a closer look at this, we'd see a half-finished interior, um, you know, covered, and uh, and and we wouldn't be able to see past the 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 belt line on this car. So, I don't know. I mean, this is one vehicle that I'm not. Yeah, again, I'm not a big fan of coupe SUVs either. I think they're trying to blend two typologies, and then it just doesn't end up working out very well in either case. It's not more capable off-road. Yes, you do sit higher. The only thing you've got is the benefit of a higher H point. So if you're, you know, a trendy or a style conscious lady and you want to get around with something that's a bit higher, but you don't have a family and you don't need to worry about practicality, then perhaps this is something for you. Um, but I'm not a big fan of coupe SUVs and I never have been. All right, moving on. Yeah, Moving, moving on. on. What's our favorite brands? I mean, like, you know, we've... We said so many good things about them over the past, I would say, couple of years. Um, Kia coming out with yet another concept. Mm. This time, a, I would say, a beefed up version of the Picanto, the, the little hatchback that they have, mm. is now called the Sonnet. The Sonnet co- concept? Concept is called, yes. Mm. Um, tiny little thing. And as we expected from Kia, quite solid, but not as progressive i would say as they have been over the past year i think this one is a little bit more of the uh the more conservative side of uh, of the design the front i don't like these i don't know if they're fake intakes or like if they're actually having a function but like you know the front intakes below the grill um sometimes it looks a little bit too much maybe that is like you know a sports version or something like that that they're showing This could have been, like, I think resolved a little bit nicer, a little bit more classic, a simpler way. But in general, um, again, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's yet another car that doesn't have an interior. And I think we shouldn't Mm. give that much platform to cars that don't show the most important thing. You are sitting in that thing and driving it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, yes, it's almost like, you know, you buy a phone and you buy a dummy phone and you have nothing inside to actually try it out. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, I, I definitely agree. And in, in that sense, it definitely seems like, you know, um, they are um, living in, 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 the, in the past in terms of you know, not showing vehicles like, you know, in China and in India, of course, they're showing vehicles with no interiors. Um, and whether that, 
you know, it's just a concept to gauge the form, to gauge public reaction to people and, you know, just saving money essentially because, you know, obviously in developing an interior beyond uh, a three or uh, a virtual model or whatever is, is costly. Um, putting anything into, you know, a physical model is costly. So, um, you know, maybe they're just trying to cut corners and just gauge public reaction. Now, when I see this car from an exterior perspective, I really like it. I mean, you know, I think it's voluptuous, it's sporty, yet it's also beefy. And, you know, it has some cool little detail elements like, you know, the red colorways and stuff, which Kia does well. Um, you know, it, also, I really, I really like, you know, the shoulder line on this car because it's not, it's, there's a, a soft shoulder and then there's like a, 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 I mean, there's a lot of very subtle detailing on this, which, um, you know, Kia does surfacing particularly well, in my opinion. I think they've done uh, a great job under Peter Schreier, now under Luke, um, you know, who's leading the Hyundai group overall. Um but I don't know where this vehicle came to be. This is apparently the third um, vehicle specifically for the Chinese, or, uh, sorry, Indian. the Indian market. And, um, you know, a company like Kia is actually quite progressive in terms of looking at these different markets and saying, hey, we should probably make some inroads. And this is, again, a, a compact, perhaps micro even SUV, which, um, you know, I think there will be quite a lot of buyers for um, because Kia's are still relatively cheap from a price point perspective, but definitely don't communicate that in terms of design. Yeah. And um, I think that is definitely a, a huge bonus for them because, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a good looking thing, you know, it's, uh, and, and if they can put it out there again, this is build a concept, but it looks pretty damn near production ready. Maybe yeah. it's just a concept because it, uh, it doesn't have an interior and stuff. But otherwise, I mean, there's nothing really from this that you would say they can't do this or it would be too costly to do this. This looks damn near ready. Yeah. All right. Last but not least for the concepts, um, we have another company that we actually like, well, at least I personally like, mm -hmm. uh, which is Skoda. Mm. And they have shown a concept of uh, an SUV which uh, is very, very much on the same platform as the uh, Volkswagen that we're going to talk about later, uh, also based on the MQB platform. And it's called the Vision Inn, or again, looks very production ready, um, or at least, you know, in a, in a very, very good way that this could come actually the way it looks very, very soon. And uh, once again, very bold in its color and trim. Uh, this time they have when they went for the orange colors, orange and black, pretty much as a combination with some, um, with some like chrome-ish silver highlights always through it. So <clears throat> that's gonna that, that again. That's just a, this this kind of solid thing. What comes out of Skoda? There's nothing bad about it. They don't go over the top. You know, they never they never have. I don't think they they ever will. Especially on exterior, will go crazy. I think, you know, the grill, like the front itself, the lights are pretty cool that they that they have implemented in it. The grill, hmm, I don't know yet if I if I like it. It looks a little bit like this BMW style getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I hope that they will not going all the way to that, but it certainly has especially when you look on the pictures from the front, it becomes a little bit this BMW style. 
um, that develops there. And obviously then, you know, the, the, the side view and the rear, the rear is becoming quite Audi, like there's a, quite a big influence from there, from the Audi side, especially with the sculpted, uh, the sculpted um, uh, rear lights, I think is something that we've seen on last generation Audis that are now coming into the Skodas, which actually looks good on them. I have no problem with that. And so, uh, yeah, the, you know, it's, it's just a plain solid car for me. And this is why I like this brand. I think in terms of the price that you get, similar to Kia, you know, the price that you get and the design, what you, what you receive for that price is, uh, is outstanding value nowadays, you know, and this is probably one of the, one of the cars that um, was still inspired by Josef Carbon before he left, um, <laughs> even though it was carried out by Oliver Stefani, but the style of the car and the kind of indication of what's going to happen is certainly still uh, Josef Carbon. And when you see something like this, you can see why BMW was interested in hiring them uh, back in the day, especially when you see the front and something like that. But, um, you know, unfortunately, he, he hasn't lasted at BMW because, you know, if if if, if he would have developed Skoda in that kind of way, then he could have been, could have been even a competitor to BMW in terms of styling, in terms of the, the front styling. That's, that's the biggest takeaway I have from that. But again, you know, plain solid. Um, and, you know, if this is anywhere near to the production version, you know, it's great. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like what Skoda's doing. Um, I actually, I prefer what Volkswagen's doing right now, if I'm mm. honest. Um, just from a grill perspective and a surfacing perspective and stuff as well. But nonetheless, you know, Skoda has really carved out quite a name for itself. And it's definitely a very reputable and, and quality product. Um, yeah, I mean, the interior and the colorways of this Vision in is um or in or whatever you want to call it is i think that is stronger shall i say than the exterior um from my personal preference from my perspective in terms of you know sustainable material use in terms of perforated elements it just looks more quality mm. um and i'm sure you know because they share volkswagen parts bins that there is going to be a higher level of quality than there would be say in perhaps um, you know, a, a Tata product in this Skoda. Um, you know, again, I'm not there touching things and, and poking around, but I'm willing to bet that, um, you know, this would be on par with uh, with Volkswagen products, again, because they use a lot of the same suppliers and, um, and it's part of the same group um, than, uh, than something perhaps that is uh, not quite as quality um, focused and, you know, more price point driven, um, you know, so that's basically the competitors to, um, to this, um, this brand. Um, now it's also, you know, it's, this thing is a little bit bigger than the T-Rock. Um, you know, it's just like, uh, I think it's, uh, 4256 uh, millimeters long. So the, the Volkswagen T-Rock is just a tiny bit shorter, but, um, in terms of the, the Karok, this is smaller than this, um, you know, or even a Jeep Compass, it's a smaller vehicle. Um, so again, it's like smaller SUVs are kind of the thing in mm. India right now, or at least that's what automakers are thinking because that's what they're launching over there right now. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, for a, from a specific product perspective, um, you know, this Skoda Vision uh, IN or India or whatever in... <laughs> I think is quite cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, I mean, hats speak, off to the Skoda guys. Speaking, you know, you mentioned obviously the, or we mentioned the platform 
already and this is still officially declared as a um as a concept but i i still think that the, the Skoda is very much production ready now however what is production ready indeed uh moving into the production cars that were shown in india is the volkswagen tygun tygun <laughs> i have no idea they have some weird names nowadays i'm i'm going to say it's Tigan. 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 As long as it's not taken. Yes. Um, I always love it when people from different countries try to pronounce things like, um, you know, uh, state parks in California, for example, you know, when uh, the the Hyundai. Anyway, there's quite a lot of different things that, um, you know, people pronounce quite differently in Europe. And you're like, dude. <laughs> But anyway, let's go It's with the same let's go. you were German, you know, like Quite. for sure. Yes, yes. So um, anyway, I, I think um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's quite interesting to hear these names, and if uh, unless they put them into you know um, or have the press conference and pronounce it in front of you, uh, you don't really have any idea. So your guess is as good as mine. But I'm yeah. going with Tegan in this particular Let's use the Tegan because Tegan sounds a bit stronger than Tygoon. <laughs> <Taigu. laughs> <laughs> which is which is fair enough. So apparently we we had a little bit of confusion about this thing. Um, the name was shown about eight years ago already mm. in a concept car. Apparently this car has been lying around in the shelves of Volkswagen for exactly that amount of time. <laughs> for And now they had to find a time to bring this out. And, you know, it looks like, obviously, you know, built on a platform, shared with a lot of other companies, you know, in the Volkswagen group, probably something like a Q2 Audi platform from that kind of size. T-Cross, um, I've, I've, I've had it in front of me here, looks a little bit more like an Indian version of the T-Cross. So... When we first saw it, we weren't sure if we had seen anything like this before, but then we checked and like, oh, it's a new car, but like, you know, name was there before. We in Europe have the, the T-Cross, so we've seen something similar already. But it's this kind of very classic Volkswagen style. Um, solid, nothing outrageous, you know, nothing special. Um, has this kind of Volkswagen uh, belt line with it as well. So... You know, looks like a tiny little version of an uh, Artian, which I like, uh, especially, you know, uses that kind of front indication as well. Only thing I find a little bit ridiculous is the parametrics on the C-pillar. Like, okay, cool. Yeah, if you want to do that, fair enough. Uh, maybe that's cool in India. Maybe that's cool in China. I have mm. no idea. Um, but apart from that, it's what you've mentioned, like, you know, obviously what Volkswagen is doing. It's just plain solid. Um, and Volkswagen is not that company that's going to come out and going to, you know, blow you away with some incredible new designs and like, you know, incredible new ideas. It's just not that kind of company, uh, even though they want to change a lot of things at the moment. But um, I think if that is, if that car is priced in the right way for India, it's going to be a massive success. And let's not forget, it's a Volkswagen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I saw this, obviously, I remembered the Tegan concept that was shown a few years ago. And uh, I really liked that one. And um, it seems like, I don't know, Volkswagen, in terms of bringing that into production, um, just kind of made things a bit more complicated, which is strange to say from a Volkswagen perspective, because they've always really valued simplification. Certainly during the Walter de Silva era, that was all everybody ever talked about, right? Move lines, make it simple. Um, and so the the Tegan from a um, a concept perspective was really something that I, I quite like. Now, if you look at the 
the production version here, which is basically the same. It's apparently, or, you know, could be, I'm not sure exactly, um, built on the same platform as the, uh, the Skoda Vision in that we talked mm-hmm. about before, which is um, the MQB, the A0 version of, uh, of Volkswagen Group's MQB platform. And it's it looks like it's just been uh, gone, you know, put through this this Volkswagen thing to make it more aggressive um, than it was originally in concept form. And you talk about, you know, the applique on the uh, the D pillar or the C D pillar. Um, I think that is kind of unnecessary, but it seems to be the way that Volkswagen is doing things now. I mean, remember the uh, the electric version that they showed in um in in frankfurt had a, a similar treatment mm-hmm. and you know i don't think that's necessarily necessary really at the end of the day um but otherwise you when you look at this vehicle um it it's a very nice you know certainly very um relevant concept in terms of what people are buying these days but then i guess you know I don't understand why they would have had to make it more complicated from a front and a rear end, specifically a lighting perspective. And then again, the piano black wheel arches that uh, I really don't approve of. But hey, you know, otherwise, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I, I would love to see it again from an interior packaging perspective because it's quite small. This is sub four meters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, um, but, you know, it, it, if it's even hovering around four meters as the uh, Skoda IN or N, um, it's it's pretty compact for you know a little four door yeah. SUV. Yeah, no, it sure is, and um, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, obviously, this will never come to Europe. This will be a uh, uh, this will be an India only car. But um, yeah, I think it's a it's a good kind of sum up of the India of the India show. So mm. solid things, interesting kind of developments, but um, not a lot of the, of these things will actually make it to to Europe or the US markets or the major markets. Uh, including China, of course. Now let's actually talk about some stuff that will make it to the to the big markets mm. on a production level. And we have three cars to discuss from that side. And let's actually talk about something that I am not one hundred percent sure if I like it or not. Um, obviously, it is an SUV, but it is a very interesting car, which is the Genesis GV80 which is the first SUV coming out of the Genesis brand. And obviously, if you don't know, Genesis is the luxury brand of Hyundai. And this was um, at first kind of, you know, restarted in a big way by Sasha Silipanov with the Essentia concept and then continuously developed further. And this is the first production car under the guidance of Luke Donkerwerker that, uh, that has been released for the Genesis brand. And... Of all the pictures that we have seen, it is very visible, in my opinion, that Luke came from Bentley mm. and Sangyub as well. I mean, from the grill, you know, to the lights, to kind of the, the side view as well, there is clearly this kind of Bentley-ish style to it. And I don't mean this in a negative way, because this car is 10 times better than the Bentayga, which is probably one of the more difficult cars ever to come out of Bentley. But this would be, for me, actually, the successor of the Bentayga. You know, much more, you know, much better design. It looks much simpler. The lights are pretty cool. If you actually look into it, there's one really cool feature. The uh, exhaust looks actually like the logo or like the, the front grille, 
which is a tiny little detail, but it's pretty cool. Um, the interior is very clean, you know, very tidy in the way it is. And like I said, I do like the lights. That is really something cool that they have done over there. Uh, they've split them into two parts. And it's not the most beautiful SUV that we've we've ever come across at, but it's certainly coming, you know, if you see the kind of direction that the people came from, especially Luke and Sangya, both coming from, from, from Bentley, um, this could very well be the next Bentley and it looks, uh, you know, it looks, it looks luxurious. It looks good. And uh, like I said, the lighting with, you know, the continuation on the air intakes on the side, all the way to the back is pretty cool. Very well done. And certainly for a first SUV, for a brand like that, and we all know how competitive they can be in terms of pricing, especially compared to Volkswagen's, uh, sorry, to Mercedes, BMWs and Audis. This this is going to be very interesting to see how it will do, in, especially in the States. This this looks very, very much like for that market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a it's a great first <coughs> first run into the SUV space for the brand. Um, I really do appreciate Genesis products not only because I know a lot of people within the design team over there and, and I value their uh, their taste and their opinions, but um, I really do like the fact that, I mean, this is a car that was first shown in um, in concept form at, at New York, right? Mm-hmm. Genesis kind of owns New York. They have no, um, no competition um, when it comes to other rival car makers making as strong of a showing as they do. And uh, so when this, it was called the GV80 concept, so it hasn't really differed much in terms of name, uh, was shown. There was a lot of input from the team in California, if I remember correctly, on creating this uh, GV80 concept. And subsequently, I did go and see it at uh, Pebble Beach um, over there on uh, Hyundai House when they unveiled, um, when they had a gathering over there. And, And to see this thing in person, it's you know, it's a big car, right? But it's not imposing. And it certainly is very quality in terms of luxury. Um, so there was a lot of really premium touches, particularly on the interior. I remember the wheels, um, the intricacy of those designs and that detailing uh, was superb. And then, of course, the the headlamps, which you mentioned, you know, the, the two lines, um, which were, you know, very simple on the concept um, and have now been translated into the uh, the production vehicle. I'm, I'm a bit gutted because I was invited by Genesis to go out to Miami and see the North American debut of this vehicle. And, um, you know, I couldn't actually justify going out there for two days, you know, from um, to, to go in and check it out. So hopefully I will have occasion to see it in person because, as I said, it's quite a big deal for this um, this brand because everybody knows how successful SUVs are in the marketplace mm. for a premium brand to, um, you know, only have sedans, which so far, that's the only thing that they've done quite good um, sedans as well to drive, um, you know, but the SUV is, is all important. And I think the, uh, the G, the GV80, um, now the production version is, is quite nice. Um, there's a lot of very cool detailing, a lot of subtle things as well. Um, but there's, I guess, some Bentley-esque touches, perhaps. Um, I just see it kind of more in terms of the the body side in particular. Mm-hmm. It's, it's quite dynamic. It's not like, you know, solid and straight. And um, it has a lot, there's a lot of movement in there. And I think, um, you know, from that perspective, it seems more like 
um, Genesis is first and foremost an American market brand, right? That's the market that they're trying to move into. But at the same time, I don't think that they are losing their Korean roots, if that makes sense. Yeah. From a design uh, lineage and perspective, it seems like there's still quite a lot of that um, you know, Korean vibe, if you will. And maybe, you know, it's Sang Yup, he's exterior design director, head of, um, you know, the Hyundai group uh, from an exterior perspective. And um, I think he may have even moved up wrong. It's hard to keep up. But um, <laughs> he, he, there's a lot of, lot of changes that yeah. are happening quite regularly. Yes, yeah. quite. And I mean, he is, uh, you know, from a Korean background, but at the same time, he's done some really good things over at, uh, at Bentley and before that over at GM. And um, I think he and Luke, you know, as as heads of department, as heads of, um, you know, the design um, efforts over there are doing are doing a, a very good job with the Genesis brand. And I think the team in California as well is doing a, a very good job. And, you know, John Kostetsky over there, um, brilliant stuff. Um, so, yeah, hats off to these guys. Um, I really do enjoy uh, what it is that they put out in terms of concept and production. And I'd love to see this thing in person, particularly the interior, because it's just so lush. Yeah. Right? I think we actually might have a chance to see it in Geneva because uh, what you've mentioned is obviously they want to move into the European market. So there's a good chance that they might actually show it in Geneva. It's not confirmed yet, but um, yeah, let's actually see what's going to happen. But that was a, uh, that was a very good surprise. I think, you know, this was a, um, a good kind of direction that Genesis is moving towards. And hopefully they still build the Essentia. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Or even um, the little guy, the mint. I love the, the mint, mint as well. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. But um, um, look, let's, let's, let's go through a couple more things because we've already been in here for like, you know, 45, 50 minutes. Yes. But... Uh, all right. We like to talk, man. We, we like to talk we do, too much. We do. We do. Anyway, thank we you do. so much for listening, guys. You know, um, <laughs> thanks for sitting through all this stuff we're, with we're, us. We're not <laughs> done yet. We're, no, let's not done. let's talk about let's talk about the Spanish Gulf. Ah, the Seat Leon. Yes, uh, they have presented the new one in Barcelona. Uh, obviously, I think it's the most important car for uh, Seat, mm. at least you know in terms of numbers and just sheer. Uh, sales numbers that they have with that uh, that one. Um, I think we actually saw a teaser when we when we went to see uh, Alejandro about like eighteen months ago. Whenever mm. showed us a, a first teaser, obviously couldn't talk back then about it, but it was already it was already going in a very interesting kind of direction back then. And again, you know, I'm I'm always surprised what you know these creative minds can come out with, come out with in this kind of platform, you know, kind of generation that we live in now. I mean, you can clearly see there is some kind of, you know, golf-esque directions in there, but it's not just a plain copy with the, with the Seat badge of the golf. It's It has its own identity. It certainly has its own kind of direction that it moves into. And that is very refreshing to see that they can that they can keep that. And I think it's it's certainly exactly what they want to do. It's they want to aim for the young people. You know, and I like the interior that they do. I like the screen that they're doing. I like, you know, the way how clean it is. I like uh, the colors that they're using um, for the cars as well. The color trim is usually very good coming out of there. So good overall package, I think. Hmm. I mean, you know, of course you can be critical about this, but I think in terms of you know, Alejandro leading the team that is coming up with, um, you know, creating an individual brand identity for, uh, you know, set when it's using 
quite a lot of common um, elements from the Volkswagen group, um, but still giving it that emotion, right? That vibe that's very Spanish. Um, I think they've done a very good job on the exterior design of this car. Now, a lot of people I've seen, you know, will reference, there's some tones of focus in there, sure. Um, you know, perhaps there's even uh, some elements of Mazda on the front wheel arch coming off. Um, the you know the, the the three for example, but all of these cars are kind of in the same space, and it does do a very good job to differentiate itself from its uh, Volkswagen um, you know siblings, if you will, or cousins. Um, but I think overall it's a very appealing uh, product. I think the the Leon's always been um, something that is extremely important for the brand, as you mentioned, but perhaps. Um, is going to be playing second fiddle to the roster of SUVs that they've mm. got coming out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I like I like what Seat's doing. I think you know there is sufficient differentiation amongst this brand to showcase more emotion than their German counterparts. Um, you know, is it perhaps a bit too similar to other products? I don't know. I mean, maybe yeah, perhaps you know, um, but. I think, as you mentioned, they're doing a lot of very interesting work um, from a, a color material standpoint. In the beginning, and, you know, we've got Francesca Sangali who joined over there what about eighteen months ago now. Um, I want to say from um, from Mercedes, so you know she knows her way around. Um, she does definitely, uh, you know, bring uh, quite a, a good contribution to uh, to this. But I think this vehicle would have been signed off before she joined um, anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I do like where Seat's gone. Um, I like this new Leon. Um, I like Seat's cars as well. They're generally very fun to drive. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good things going into Seat now. Um, and this is one of, the, one of the things that I think is representative of that. So. Yeah. All right. Last but not least, in terms of the cars, one car we had a lot of fun with just in terms of like you know not realizing there was actually a new a new one coming out which is the cadillac escalade ah. you know and a little shout out to our producer eddie no it does not come with lamborghini doors <laughs> if you're old enough or like you know in our age you understand this little reference here but um it is another escalade there's another huge car it comes with a v8 so What's not to like about old uh, V8 engines, you know, with 6.2 liters? Yeah, Only yeah. America can do something like that. Germans would not allow you to do that. Maybe Lambos or like, you know, super sports cars. Um, but in short, biggest difference actually on the interior. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, exterior, I would say for the untrained eye, hasn't changed that much. You know, maybe a little bit more modern, a little bit more bling bling from you know in, in certain kind of areas a little bit more chrome but more of an evolution certainly not a revolution uh from an exterior perspective where the the revolution is actually on the on the interior uh, i would have to say in terms of all the, the the screens that they have included and let's say taking more away it's not the traditional kind of american car anymore which is overloaded with buttons this is quite clean actually Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the interior is the highlight. Um, obviously, we've seen the, uh, the the GMC 
um, Yukon and uh, and and previously the uh, the Chevy Tahoe, all of which share the same underpinnings, right? So um, we saw the new Tahoe, then we saw the GMC Yukon, and now we're seeing the Escalade. So the um, the Escalade, I gotta say, you know, um, of course, this is a vehicle that we've seen in numerous like hip hop music <laughs> videos and stuff like that, and I think Cadillacs always had this incredible art and science, you know, design language. And I really do appreciate that very much. Um, you know, where they've gone specifically in terms of lighting um, at the rear and in the front was always kind of iconic for a vehicle that shared so many other elements like doors and everything else from, you know, lesser quote unquote vehicles from the Chevy brand or the GMC brand. So I think that it was always more uh, visible and you know even <laughs> I mean there's so many stories about like people parking their Escalades and coming out and the car being gone because you could easily transfer the front end um, and, the, and the rear onto your lesser um, you know your your lesser Tahoe and uh, anyway so those things would get stolen like crazy it was at one point the number one stolen car in the U.S. but anyway um, I'm deviating now that. I think from an exterior perspective, yes, perhaps it's a bit more modern feeling, but I don't think it's as different. Is that it's as different as some of the other models now? It's perhaps a bit more elegant than those other models because I don't particularly like the uh, the uh, the redesign of the Tahoe or the or the GMC. But um, I I think from a front end perspective, to put in these horizontal lamps when you've had vertical lamps for the last. Damn, man, I don't even know how long, right? Super long was kind of a, a an iconic DRG on that car. And, you know, maybe iconic isn't the right word, but it was certainly recognizable. Um, and I think now you'll kind of, um, you won't really know if you're not all that familiar um, and you don't see that much larger Cadillac crest in the center of the grill. You might mistake this for being something else, um, you know, because of the fact that it's just more traditional in the sense, you know, with these horizontal lamps. But you're absolutely right to reference the interior. Um, that is certainly leaps and bounds ahead of its predecessor. Um, I think that's also a huge differentiator in terms of the brand. Um, you know, the interior of this car has nothing to do with the interior of, uh, of the other two models that I've mentioned now. Um, it also draws uh, some um, influence from the uh, Cadillac Escada, Escala, which um, I also have a video of um, where uh, Andrew Smith, the director of the Cadillac brand, walked me through that car at Pebble Beach a couple of years ago now. And the interior of that car was, was really, really clean and elegant and nice and had some really cool elements. And unfortunately, the only thing that made it over, it seems, was the uh, IP unless we're talking about, you know, some of the uh, materials and things that may have made the transition into production form. But nonetheless, if they only use the IP and the screen and the overlapping OLED displays, that's still a great thing to have mm. in this new Cadillac. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, interiors are much more important than they've ever been. It's good to see Cadillac paying attention to that because, hey, if they don't, they're just going to be continuously eating dust uh, of their luxury, you know, competitor premium segment rivals. 100% agree. Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's finish this off. We just have a couple of news, um, I think to share. 
first bit of news, uh, something that we love to do, designer moves. Um, yeah. Actually, not really a move apart from, you know, it's more like a promotion, um, which is Caniele Calonazzi, or Calonacci. my Italian is absolutely horrible. <laughs> but um, he has been promoted to run Alfa Romeo and Jeep in the European um, in the European continent. Yes. So, and he will be play, replacing Scott Kruger, who will be going back to the US, I would assume. Yes, yeah. that's right. So, I mean, uh, Daniele Calonacci, I believe, um, but I could be mistaken as well, so don't take my word for it. But, <laughs> um, he is one of the Instagram warriors. He is an OG. He's out there on Instagram like a bandit. And if you don't know who he is, <laughs> you haven't been on Instagram. But anyway... He um, he does some extremely cool like renderings and things. And now, yes, indeed, he's been promoted. Um, he's replacing Scott Kruger, who was previously head of uh, Alfa Romeo and Jeep for the uh, European and Middle East region. Um, and so basically that is, um, you know, he's uh, going to be part of, uh, of Klaus Buse's team, of course. And um, and while Scott moves back to the U.S. in a as yet undetermined role, I don't know. I've reached out to Scott, but I don't know where he's going. But apparently, and according to uh, Klaus Busse, he will be taking over a new brand. So that was the opportunity that he took and that he um, went for. Now, I know he liked Italy. Uh, who doesn't? Um, so he's probably going to miss it. I mean, well, him and, him and Klaus Italy were really close and an as well. American coming there. It's like yeah. the perfect thing. Yeah, you know? but he's like a super nice guy. I mean, if you have a chance, you know, go to YouTube as well and just do a, a quick look at the uh, Alfa Romeo Tonale video that I did. Um, he is very down to earth, super like nice guy. And I think he did a very good job on that concept vehicle as well, which yeah. is going to be um, hitting production quite soon. Um, Daniele, uh, on the other hand, uh, was responsible for the exterior design of the uh, Centoventi, which I also have a video of on uh, on form trends, and um, certainly something that was a the star, one of the stars of Geneva for me last year, yeah. and so uh, he's earned it. I mean, he's been with uh, with Fiat for a number of years. Um, you know, he was previously promoted um, over there in. Uh, um, but he's been he's been with Alfa Romeo and with Fiat, um, you know, for for the last ten years, I think. So I mean, um, you know, he's a, he's a guy. Also, he's Italian. You know, that is is well suited, I think, to uh, to move the brand forward. And uh, you know, Alfa Romeo certainly could use a bit of um, um, you know cracking of the whip, shall, shall we say? I mean, I think their designs are good. Uh, it's just. I don't really know why they haven't been as successful as some other brands. I mean, maybe it's just because they're not as well known. Maybe, maybe it's also because of the, the price point. Maybe price it's, point is probably yeah. a good point. Yeah, but <laughs> anyway, so well, we wish Daniela all the best. We're, we're we're looking forward to see what Scott's going to come up with. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. And um, yeah, to finish off this episode of the pod, a uh, few announcements to make. First announcement is we will have a few recordings of special episodes in the next few weeks so be prepared for some cool stuff coming out um, with probably some people you might be surprised to talk to some people you might know or might not know so that's going to be cool um, also obviously this will come out on a friday and on this friday we will be in Pforzheim as well as in reutlingen for the respective degree shows 
and we will certainly be talking about those a little bit on the next podcast uh, as well. Both Eric and myself will be there, so we will be speaking to one of the students, one of the people around there, so hopefully getting you know some kind of new info, new kind of directions that will happen at the moment. And last but certainly not least, we wanted to do a little bit of advertisement in our own causes or cases. We have launched a new project called Pathfinder, and this is an online platform which is aimed for students and recent transportation design graduates. Uh, this platform will give you the opportunity to get in direct contact with you know, decision makers, hiring managers at the respective OEMs. We will have most of the global OEMs actually as part of this, uh, as this project. And uh, this project will give you the opportunity to find internships during your uh, during your studies. Uh, it will also be able to help you to get your first foot as a professional into the industry. Uh, we'll have a job board, of course. We will have design challenges uh, part of this on a very regular basis, both run by, uh, you know, OEMs, run by us as well. And, uh, you know, we would absolutely love for all of the students listening to us. Obviously, if you're a manager or like, you know, working for an OEM and you have not heard about Pathfinder before, join us as well. And uh, that's going to be a very, very cool thing. Uh, it took us a long time to develop something like this, you know, like getting all the information from the people and what they want, what they don't want, the kind of direction that they want us to move into. And uh, most importantly to say for us, this is not just for exterior interior designers. This is for everything that happens in a design studio. So you will be able to find internships for, you know, 3D modeling and alias, Maya, Blender, Grasshopper, whatever you can think of, visualization, exterior design, interior design, UI design, UX design, design research, everything that is now happening within a transportation slash mobility design studio will be represented on this platform with internships, entry-level positions. And uh, we're very proud of this. This is a little bit of, you know, us giving back to the community, saying thank you uh, on top of the podcast, of course, that we're doing because, you know, it's usually not our not our expertise or like, you know, our professional background to, to work with, uh, with students a lot. And this is for us the opportunity to give back a little bit. So check it out. You can find it on pathfinder.careers online. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, that brings us to uh, my point of saying thank you to Eric as well. You know, if you have any questions about Pathfinder or about the podcast, please do contact us on social media. Mm. Eric, where can the people find you? Uh, I can be found at Form Trends. So at Form Trends on Instagram. Um, I just joined TikTok as well. I'm on that. <laughs> I'm everywhere, man. You so, absolute muppet. Form trends uh, everywhere that you can think of. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever, man. TikTok. Just find me. Can, can, and can we, I think, can you know what? Expect- I, I really like TikTok because it's it's like just fly by the seat of your <gasps> pants thing. Um, and I think it's it's amazing just to kind of, you know, do something without like worrying about I don't know, curating stuff and like, you know, putting time and effort into it. I think TikTok's going to be a really good thing for me to share um, moving forward, just, you know, quick snippets. But coming back to the just Pathfinder. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I have a special shout out on TikTok from you with, you know, you kind of lip syncing to one of your favorite songs? Dude, I don't sing, man. I don't <laughs> sing. It's all core-centric, man. You know, it's a very on-brand. 
Um, you know, I do try to throw in some dope tracks when I can, but otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, you know, um, we'll, you know, it's, right, it's very concentric, enough. but the Pathfinder thing is something that, yes, is very exciting. Um, and you know, it's really great to see something like this coming out because, you know, as we said before, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there for people, but generally they're not, um, together. So we're creating now a network where people can, um, you know, find one another and people can come in and from various different companies, look for specific skill sets. And then the designers themselves, the young aspiring designers from a range of different backgrounds can come in, look for specific internships, compete in design challenges, and really get to be known and seen by the hiring managers or the people that are going to be offering internships so that you can get a leg up in getting a career in the automotive industry. And automotive design is, has been, uh, is always been a very competitive and challenging industry to get into and break into. And I don't think that the schools that are happy to take students' money are particularly good at helping them um, in terms of, you know, career exploring um, and opportunities out there and having them, um, you know, find that job, you know, in terms of uh, advising them as to what is the best way for them to enter their career. So pick your profession, develop your portfolio, upload it onto Pathfinder. And, um, you know, the companies, the people that are in those positions to hire people and bring you on board will take notice and see you and hopefully we'll be able to help some people off the back of this. So yeah, it's a great endeavor. Sign up or spread the word if you're not a student and you're not eligible because it's only for students and recent graduates up until two years after they graduated an an accredited design university. And, um, you know, if you're not one of those people, you probably know some people that are. So help to spread the word and let them know. Share the love. And if you want to find Eric on other social media sites, such as LinkedIn, Eric Galina yep, is, uh, is how you can find him. You will be able to find myself at Concept House on uh, Instagram. We have Twitter. And I think that's it from social media. We do not have TikTok yet. I will not go on to that. I'm just, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I, on, I, I barely understand Come Snapchat. On. Like, how am I supposed to understand TikTok well, Snapchat, nowadays? Snapchat is dead, bro. I'm not 14. <laughs> no, but TikTok, I think, um, you know, just I've been in the social space for a little while now. I do enjoy it and it's fun. And, you know, Snapchat from a from a personal perspective, perhaps. But again, I'm not a teenager, so I don't really have much interest. <laughs> yeah, unless, unless my market, you know, the marketing guys will tell us like, you know, okay, we're doing, we're doing a concept house and TikTok now. I'll, I, you won't be able to find me there. Yeah, unless well, you know those guys. You know, will tell I don't me. have a marketing guy. So <laughs> I'm, I'm on that. It's just me. But yeah, but if you want to find me on, uh, on LinkedIn, you will find me at Martin Groschwald. And uh, so, that's it for this episode of the Gestalten Podcast. Thank you very much for listening in. And we will be back very soon with an episode before Geneva, previewing a little bit what's going on and to reviewing a little bit what happened in between. And of course, with a few and hopefully, well, not a few, but one or two special episodes. So stay tuned and you will hear back from us very soon. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Take care, guys. <laughs>